Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Fish Fights, the Miami Herald's Miami Marlins podcast. I'm Jordan McPherson. Time's finally come, everyone. Spring training is finally here. Today's episode is going to break down the first day of on-field work in Jupiter and also some thoughts from pitching coach Mel Stoudemire Jr. on the state of the Marlins pitching staff. But before we get to all of that, there's a few pieces of news that came out since we recorded the last episode, so we're just going to quickly run through all of that just so that everyone's up to date. Uh, first and foremost, on Saturday, the Marlins traded for yet another high-leverage reliever when they sent outfielder J.J. Blade to the Oakland Athletics in exchange for left-handed pitcher A.J. Puck in a swap of former first-round picks. Puck was the number six overall pick in 2016 out of the University of Florida. Blade, as we know, was the number four overall pick by the Marlins out of Vanderbilt in 2019. Uh, as for Puck, uh, went to the University of Florida, uh, Programming note here, uh, just personal note, I covered Puck his sophomore and junior years at the University of Florida. So I've seen the potential from him early on. Again, 6'7 lefty, has the fastball that hits the upper 90s, and a slider that, when he has control of it, is a very solid swing and miss pitch, which if he has the chance, and once he gets the chance to start working under Mel Stoudemire Jr., if he's able to get that under control, he's going to become a very dangerous weapon in this bullpen. Uh, turns 28 in April. has He's under team control for five years. And last year was finally that first year where he finally got to put things together and pitch for an extended period of time in the big leagues after dealing with an assortment of injuries since debuting in 2019. Uh, last year for Oakland in 2022, 62 appearances, 3.12 ERA, 76 strikeouts against 23 walks, over 66 in the third innings, four saves. Was more of a setup-type role guy there. But when you look at the Marlins' bullpen at this point, you now have him and Tanner Scott, as well as Steven Oker, as high-leverage lefties, to go along with Matt Barnes, Dylan Floro, and JT Chargois as righty high-leverage relievers. That's six, relatively speaking, solid arms for an eight-man bullpen that you can that Mel will be able to mix and match with and be able to make sure that they're not overusing their guys, sort of like what we saw last year when it seemed like every close game, Tanner Scott was running out there and Dylan Flora was running out there and Steven Oker and before the trade, Anthony Bass. It was literally they had their set group of guys who they had to rely on. And now this year, all health permitting, of course, they're going to have a little bit more flexibility with how they do things. Uh, and a little bit more of Puck, according to StatCast, 27% strikeout rate last year was in the 75th percentile among all qualified pitchers. 29% swing and miss rate was in the 72nd percentile. Uh, Three-pitch mix, both a four-seam fastball and a sinker that both average about 96 mile an hour. His sliders in the mid-80s. And again, another bullpen piece, which 
outside of filling out the lineup, that was the Marlins' biggest concern, and they have definitely addressed that over this past month. Uh, second, big news for all you for all you fans for the throwback days. Teal is back. The Marlins announced on Saturday at their Fan Fest event that they are going to be having flashback Fridays at every Friday home game this year as they celebrate the 30th anniversary of the franchise's inaugural season. And yes, that does mean teal jerseys, although there is a slight caveat. The plan at the moment is for the team to wear the throwbacks, which are the pinstripe teal uniforms, helmets, and caps for at least five of their 13 Friday home games. Which which five Fridays is yet to be determined, but there's... The reason for the limited number is right now the jerseys are pegged as limited use jerseys that will be used in conjunction with the other four jerseys already in the rotation, the whites, the blacks, the grays, and the red Sugar King City Connects that debuted in 2021. The Marlins applied in November to be able to use the teal jerseys this year, just got approval last month, and the team is attempting, they're hoping that they'll be able to wear them for more than just five. Ideally, they'd like to wear them for all 13 of the Friday home games, but that is still to be determined. And the Flashback Friday events are also going to include appearances from Marlins alumni and a memorabilia museum that's going to be located on the concourse level of the ballpark. And all game balls used on those Fridays will have a special commemorative 30th anniversary logo on the balls. So it's something to look forward to as well. And then finally, a little bit more of a somber note, uh, thoughts are with Marlins reliever Nick Enright, uh, the team's selection for the Rule 5 draft last December. He announced on Monday that he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma in late December. And this was basically just weeks after the Marlins selected him in the Rule 5 draft. Uh, He finished his first set of immunotherapy treatments last week. And as of right now, the tentative plan is for his next round of treatments to happen in mid-July. He was on the field during the Marlins workout on Monday, but understandably with the treatment, he is behind schedule for where he would have hoped to have been. His health and everything else that's going on is obviously far more important. Uh, Wishing him nothing but the best, hoping for a speedy recovery through all of this. And we will see what happens with Enright on the field moving forward. Okay, now that we have all of that covered, uh, some quick observations from Monday in Jupiter. Uh, Monday was the team's first workout on the backfield at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, and attendance was a lot higher than what was technically required. Monday was the first day for pitchers and catchers who were taking part in the World Baseball Classic. And for the Marlins, that really only meant five guys. Sandy Alcantara, Johnny Cueto, Jesus Lazardo, and Manuel De Jesus and Anthony Maldonado. Those are their five pitchers who are set to compete in the World Baseball Classic. Alcantara and Cueto with the Dominican Republic. Lazardo and Dos Santos with Venezuela and Maldonado with Puerto Rico. The rest of the team's pitchers and catchers don't have to report to camp until Thursday. And the first full squad workout is February 21st. But even at that, the Marlins had a large contingent on the backfields. I counted about a dozen of their main position players were already doing drills and the majority of their pitchers were on site. And this, it really makes sense. Uh, basically all of these guys were at FanFest on Saturday so it made sense for them to just go straight up to Jupiter and get a head start and everything, especially when you have a first-year manager in Skip Schumacher. You have a lot of moving parts. You have a new coaching staff to learn. You have a lot of just relationships to build. To be able to get all of this now and take that head start, it's advantageous for the Marlins to be able to get in this spot. As for specific names, uh, players who I was able to spot when I was out there, 
Uh, Jazz Chisholm, Avisel Garcia, Jorge Soler, and Peyton Burdick were all doing outfield drills with John Jay and Juan Pierre. As for the infield, Garrett Cooper, John Birdie, Xavier Edwards, Joey Wendell, Jacob Amaya, and non-roster invitee Joe Rizzo were working in the infield. Birdie and Edwards were at second base. Wendell and Amaya were at shortstop. And uh, and Rizzo was at third base. All of the main catchers were there. Jacob Stallings, Nick Fortes, and non-roster invitees, uh, Austin Allen, uh, Will Bamfield, Paul McIntosh, uh, Santiago Chavez. So the bulk of those guys were there. Gene Segura and Luis Arais, both of whom are also going to be competing in the World Baseball Classic, were not there yet, but I would anticipate them being there by probably Wednesday or Thursday. As for pitchers, eight guys threw bullpens on Monday. Trevor Rogers, Jesus Lazardo, Tanner Scott, Dylan Floro, Stephen Oker, Andrew Nardi, JT Chargois, and George Soriano. General Manager Kim Ang was watching all of it from the side, and basically every big name was there. Sandy Sandy obviously needed to be there. Uh, Edward Cabrera was there. Sixto Sanchez was there. Max Meyer was there. Uh, a lot of the new reliever prospects, uh, including Eli Villalobos, Josh Simpson, uh, Sean Reynolds. Basically, I believe just about every pitcher was there. And if not every pitcher, I'm assuming everybody will be there by Tuesday or Wednesday. AJ Puck is expected to be in camp on Wednesday. And I believe he's going to be the one of the last guys out there from the pitching side of it. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. There's going to be a lot more action as the week picks up and more players return to camp. And we will be talking more in depth about observations with positions, who's playing where, who's doing what at on next week's episode. Once we have a better feel of the group as a whole, once they're all there. And in the meantime, uh, I, along with MLB.com's Christina DiNicola had the chance to catch up with pitching coach Mel Sotomayor Jr. at the end of Monday's workout. And he touched on a variety of topics surrounding the Marlins pitching staff. I covered a lot of ground on this in a story that's already up on the Herald website if you want to check that out. But we'll hit on a few of the highlights here as well, along with some of the audio from the interview with Mel himself. Uh, some of the big news out there that Mel openly said is the club is potentially considering a six-man rotation, which, again, there were talks about potentially doing this last year, but 
again, the Marlins at this point, they have six guys theoretically competing for the rotation right now between Alcantara, Cueto, Edward Cabrera, Lazardo, Trevor Rogers, and Braxton Garrett. And there are pros and cons to cons to this. Obviously, if you have all six guys and you know all six will be able to help you win, it could work out. But you also have the likes of for every time you have a six starter, it takes starts away from a guy like your reigning Cy Young winner in Sandy Alcantara, your workhorse, your ace. Uh, here's what Stoudemire had to say about the potential for and what would need to happen in order for them to apply a six-man rotation this season. Definitely a balance of... You know, we need to run our Cy Young out there and let him get his 220 to 230 innings and not stop him. Uh, you know, there's been discussion of a possible six-man. You know, I know Kim and Skip is, has mentioned that. We're something we'll take a look at. And, you know, there's guys in that rotation uh, and potentially that are still on – you know, any restrictions, right? So we, we have to balance all of that. I mean, uh, and we have to win games. It's it's time to move on and get past, you know, the losing part. So uh, all of that needs to, to be, at the, you know, remain at the forefront and, and most important. But we'll look at that, you know, and then carry, if you do go with a six-man, you, you carry one less guy in the bullpen and, you want to make sure that six man is giving you competitive starts and can act, actually win games. So it, it it can't be development. It needs to be win now. And you know we are confident with those six guys all fighting for a spot. And then when it comes to the main addition to the rotation competition from this offseason in Johnny Cueto, Stoudemire says he sees the veteran as a perfect complement to Alcantara just because of his experience. Uh, Alcantara is more of a lead by example guy. Cueto is sort of in that same boat too, but he is slightly more vocal. And just because of that extensive resume and that lengthy career, he commands a lot of respect in that clubhouse and could be a good doubling point with Alcantara. Here's more from Mel on that. You know, the one thing that Johnny does is he commands respect for what he's done in his career, you know, and pitching at every level. And every pitcher in this camp realizes that and he's already made an impact on some of our young guys and having conversations he is simply i've seen him grab a couple of our guys and go let's go we're going for a run and we're not only going for a run to to condition our body but we're going to condition our mind while we run too and so he's obviously not going to be afraid he's he can he's got the experience to back up anything that he wants to you know, offer to our young guys and has the respect from the staff. So uh, a great compliment to, to Sandy to be able to, to be there for our young guys and anybody that comes up. And I'm going to lean on him. You know, he's got a lot of experience. I don't have all the answers, and, and I'll also use his experience and advice. And then there is one wrinkle that is happening spring spring training. Well, there are multiple wrinkles, but this one specifically applying to what Stoudemire is going to have to do with his job this year, the World Baseball Classic. Once that starts up in mid-March, three of the Marlins' projected starters, Alcantara, Cueto, Lazario, as I mentioned at the beginning, are all set to compete in the event. And all three potentially could go all the way through the tournament, which means for basically the entire back half of spring training, 
Mel Steinmeier Jr. could be without half of, more than half of his rotation and trying to figure out getting everybody set up in the order he wants for opening day and figuring out just the logistics of making sure everybody's doing what they need to do when they're not in his supervision and making sure they stay healthy and they're not getting overly ramped up or overly w- overworked while they're competing in the tournament. It's something Mel has to keep an eye on from a distance. And he's been through this before in 2017, back when he was in Seattle, he knows how this goes. So he has, he doesn't want to use hesitation. He obviously understands the importance of this for the guys to represent their country, but it is just another layer of what's going on through spring training. Here's Mel on this. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to use the word. It's not dysfunctional, but I'll tell you it's uh, it's an adjustment. You know, I was sitting in there this morning, and, and Cepeda and I, and we were just trying to map out, you know, projected starts for the WBC, and then, you know, most most important, making sure that they're ready for us. And so, while we have to respect those guys wanting to play and work with their coaches, uh, we we have to set their their schedule up for here. So there's some juggling that you know that it entails, and. Uh, some adjusting. The the beautiful thing on our end is, you know, our WBC pitching coach is Wellington Cepeda, you know, who respects everything we're trying to do here. It will always keep, you know, always keep at the forefront what's going to be best for our Marlin players. So I feel really comfortable there. Uh, when I was in Seattle, I had Felix Hernandez and Smiley, who I lost. Lost uh, parts of their season from ramping guys up to the WBC, so uh, it makes me a little nervous. We can't afford this organization can't afford to lose Sandy or Cueto or Lizardo. We just can't. We have we have to have them. We have to be almost perfect, you know, in our division to win. And so we need those guys. And then a few final quick hits just to round this out. Stoudemire said he's pleased with the current bullpen depth, which, as I touched on at the top of the episode, the flexibility with handling high leverage roles is going to be a lot easier to work with. Again, knock on wood, assuming health prevails. And then finally, a couple updates on Sixto Sanchez and Max Meyer. Uh, With Sixto Sanchez, obviously, it's been two years since we've seen him pitch in a live game. Uh, He looks better. Uh, just physically, he's dropped about 45 pounds. He was at about 260 at his peak. He's hovering around the 215, 216 mark at this point, and he's already thrown a handful of bullpen sessions. He hasn't been cleared to pitch in Grapefruit League games yet, and he's still working on his velocity. He's told us on Friday that he was hitting around 88, 89 miles an hour at his most recent bullpen, but Stalemeyer remains optimistic that Sanchez will pitch at some point this season. And as of right now, Stoudemire says their plan is to prep him as if he's a starter. Could he potentially move to the bullpen? Of course, that's an option. But if they're able to find a way to get him back into starter form and just add another piece to that puzzle of starting pitching depth with the six guys you already have, then throw Sixto in there, and then the prospects who are waiting in the wings, namely Yuri Perez, that just gives the Marlins yet another option as they move forward. And as for Meyer, he's rehabbing following Tommy John surgery that he had back in October. And his rehab has gone well so far. Stoudemire said he's had about four different catch sessions so far. 
hasn't had any setbacks. Obviously, Meyer, as competitive as he is and as eager as he is to want to get ready and get back on the mound as fast as he can, Mel is having to sort of keep him calm and keep him patient with the process. Obviously, Tommy John surgery is about 12 to six, 12 to 18 months recovery time. So, but overall, Max Meyer is in good spirits. We saw him on the field. He was doing some stretching work while the rest of the pitchers were playing catch during the initial warm-up phases of, of the workout. So it's good to see him out there. Good to see him still with the group and doing what he can while he's out there and seeing that his progression is going the way he needs to be. And that's about it for this week's episode of Fish Bites. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back again next week, and we'll have a lot more to discuss on the specifics of what's going on at camp and to set the stage for Grapefruit League games and the competition that's going to come leading up to opening day on March 30th. So thanks so much, guys, and we'll be back again next week.